Hello and welcome once again to What's Out There, the paranormal podcast from the Out There Paranormal Group. And chatting for you on this episode, we have myself, Nigel. And myself, Juliet. So what are we going to be talking about this time? Well, actually, it's a bit of an ad hoc job, unfortunately. Not my favourite thing, but... I love it. I know you love it, but I always feel like... Nothing wrong with a bit of ad hoc. I've got to make it up as I'm going along. (laughs) What we really wanted to talk about is the last investigation that we did at uh, the Witch's Leg at St Mary's Church at East Somerton. We've um, put a video up on our YouTube channel and I'll put all the links in the description of this podcast so you can actually go and have a look yourselves. But we had some very, very odd things happening there. We did indeed. It was very, very strange. Not what we expected at all. We rocked up with a little bit of kit, just to do an investigation. We were telling, um, we've got a new series that we're putting out on a very sort of um, social media section, a new video series called Towers of Haunted Norfolk. And we're looking at local towers and retelling them and they actually do an investigation at the sites as well to see what we can pick up with. The church at East Somerton, St Mary's Church, has got a well-known folklore tale attached to it about a witch who's allegedly buried in the church who had a wooden leg who then grew up and knocked the roof off the church and destroyed the village all around her. So we thought, we'd tell the story and then we'll go and do an investigation. So we told the story, then we did the investigation, and we didn't get an awful lot of witch, but we got an awful lot of other things that we really weren't expecting. So you. Mm, Absolutely. It was quite interesting, some of the stuff we did get. Um, Some of it did uh, fall in line with some experiences that other people have had. We had monks, didn't we? We did indeed, yeah. But they weren't quite monks, were they, Nigel? They're not monks, no. I covered this in an article that I wrote for Haunted Magazine. It's an issue 33 with regards to um, how it's important to research when you go on investigations. And my digging around discovered the fact that a little way down the road from this ruined church was a leper hospital called St Leonard's and I've got a feeling that the actual leper hospital isn't where it's placed on the map it's nearer and I do believe that this church it's not a church it's actually a chapel was attached to that leper hospital so they're not monks that people Mm. are seeing they're actual lepers because you said they lived like monks they would they would have lived a monastic lifestyle yeah Yeah. they were because um, leprosy at the time was seen to be a holy disease Mm, that's right it was like you were being tested by god and um rumors were that it originated in the holy land as well so that's why so they weren't people think seem to think they're sort of treated like outsiders and they'd be like hooded up and ringing the bell shouting unclean it wasn't like that at all mm. they were a lot more revered they could quite easily go out and get alms where they could actually sort of collect money they'd be given food Hospital hospitals were set up to look after them and actually paid for by rich benefactors because they felt by looking after the lepers that would move them closer to God and they were doing their own good deeds. So, mm. yeah. It's 
very interesting as well that you talk about the hospital being nearer because I picked up on the bigger building being you close. You said there was another building there. To the church. Yeah. And you said or to me it's not, it's, it's not this building. You said it's yeah. another building and it's bigger than this one. Yeah. So, so yeah. wouldn't that be amazing if yeah, it actually was? Right where you've said it was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. The other thing you picked up on as well um, was the fact that you said there was fighting there. Yeah. There was fighting there. Go on. Okay. There's two different kinds of fighting that took okay. place there. Um, bit further down again, but it's we're talking, when I say a bit further down, we're talking an, no less than half a mile away. Where the actual church at West Summerton is, the next door village, it's actually built on a piece of land called the Blood Hills. Right. And there was meant to be a battle between Saxons from that area and Viking invaders. Okay, yeah. And the other interesting fact is that in 1272, the lepers, really upset by the way that the prior was treating them at the hospital, had a revolt. And they attacked the prior, burnt his house down and killed his dog, which had been set on the lepers and the people that had been visiting them. So it's really, really strange that Jules should pick up on the fact that there was fighting there. Jules had this idea, didn't you, Jules? I did indeed. Okay. So you're going to tell them what your idea was? Well, basically, um, I thought it would be a good idea to open up uh, p the views, other people's views on our investigation, um, just to see what other people thought once um, they'd watched our investigation. It would be interesting to get other people's views and opinions about what could possibly, what it could possibly be that we actually picked up on because, goodness, I, we've got no idea, have we? Absolutely no idea. I mean, the bombing sounds, I mean, we were just, <laughs> excuse the pun, blown away. We just had no idea what it could have been. And, uh, God, this came out of nowhere. I mean, we didn't. We went there thinking we we're going to be picking up on uh, maybe a witch who's supposed to be buried under the yeah, church. Yeah, absolutely. There might be these mysterious monks that other people have experienced while they were there. And we thought, well, we might get some of that. I honestly thought that um, we'd get nothing at all. Mm. I thought we'd be there for a couple of hours and it will be very quiet and we'd get bored and we want to go home. Yeah. It wasn't like that at all. It really wasn't. It, it, really it, was, it, it was truly fascinating. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you're gonna if you haven't watched it, please, please watch the video because, you know, if you want to give us your opinions, please do send us a message. You know, let us know what you think about it because things happened we honestly cannot explain and believe you me, we tried to. We after the investigation, we did a heck of a lot of research. I mean, obviously, I can't be involved in the research prior to an investigation because of what I do in the team. But, you know, following an investigation, I tried to, you know, try and look into things and, oh, you know, whether anything was happening on that particular night. Nigel did the same and Nigel's a lot more experienced in research than me. He can find things in very strange places. I can indeed. <laughs> but again, no idea. No. So let us know what you think. But for now, before we speak to our very special guest, we also had some questions that were sent to us on Twitter by our followers. And they're not entirely about the investigation, but they have certainly asked us some very interesting questions. Don't you think, Nigel? They have indeed, yeah. We, the idea was that we would ask them about the investigation, but uh, 
questions are questions and we do like to answer them. So we're going to run through the ones that we've got and see if we can actually come up with some suitable answers for you. Um, I'm going to say who the people were as well so you know who you are when your, your questions come up. So where shall we start? Okay, first of all, Ken. For those of you who've listened to Uncanny, this is the famous Ken, the Room 611 Ken. And he, first of all, has asked us, what is the scariest experience you've had? So, mm. Mm, my scariest experience, wow. Um, I suppose the one that really sticks out in my mind was the investigation I did with the previous group where something touched my face and that frightened the living daylights out of me. And, yeah, I don't know about recently. I suppose really the investigation over at Defam maybe? Really? Although it wasn't really scary, was it? I was just no. surprised by what went on. Yeah. And <clears throat> the, what I call it, scary? I wouldn't call it scary. I'd call it an experience. The, the recent mm. investigation we've just done at East Summerton, the bombs. Yeah, but was that scary? No, it wasn't scary. It wasn't scary. It was, uh, yeah. I've gone off on the tangent here, haven't I? I've, I've forgotten the scary element and gone down the amazing element, which is... <laughs> it's got to be scary. Yeah, I know. Do you I'm, want to hear my scary? I got distracted. Go on in, you're scary. My scary. My scary was Castle Rise and Castle at King's Lynn. Yeah. Now, that was scary. We were lucky enough to be allowed down into the oubliette. And, yeah, I, I don't get scared very often on investigations. Yeah, things can make me jump on occasion, but I don't get scared. You don't. You know, I, I'm quite happy to walk alone in the darkness down a very spooky path. <clears throat> you know, things like that. Um, but... This particular investigation, I really felt evil, negativity. It, it was horrific. And obviously we all know about oubliettes and the unpleasantries that went on, um, you know, during the period when they used them. And it was absolutely horrific, throwing people down to their death and, and leaving them awful, you know, to die a terrible death of starvation in the dark. It must have been horrific. Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely horrific. But for me... Um, sensing pure evil is the only way I can describe it and not human either for me and that was the first time I've ever ever experienced that kind of energy that for me was scary that weirdest thing is that I um I was also on the same investigation but it was in a different group and we went down the oubliette as well and something firmly pushed me in the back Mm. nearly pushed me flying it was shoved me so hard yeah because you went in after me didn't you you did yeah yeah and, and that, i could see it i could see this whatever darkness swirling round. i really was actually strange. watching it it was yeah. weird darker than dark is the way i would describe it and yeah. it, it was horrible and it was just shocking that you got shoved actually. yeah real, a real because i didn't say anything to you did i no not we had we sort of crossed it past didn't we? you were then yeah. going on to look at another part of the castle and yeah, said, we're yeah, now going to yeah. go down here mm. but yeah that was odd and it wasn't a nice atmosphere oh. at all in there. I didn't like that at all. So, oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. It was a creepy one. Yeah. All right. Ken has been very generous with us tonight. We have three questions from Ken. Thank okay. you, Ken. Go on in. The second one was, what experience has been the most difficult to explain? Wow. Um, Where to start? Yeah. <laughs> I was just going off on that tangent with the, the previous bit of talking before, with the other question. Um, the recent experience that we had at uh, East Summerton with the with the bombing. Um, yeah. What I'm going to do now, I'm going to pop that in here for you so you can actually hear it, okay? And then I'll go back to it and then carry on talking. So 
This is what we actually heard. So I'm going to pop in the sound that we picked up on the night right now, have a listen to it, and then we'll carry on afterwards. Okay, it's not the clearest thing in the world, but you can clearly hear those explosions in the background and we really do not know what they are. So there you go, one that I can't explain. The other one that I really, really moved me was the second visit we made to Station 142 at and Green when Juliet was crossing Spirit over. And I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that on an investigation. It's really shook me to my core because... I, I'm sceptical, I will question everything, and it was just such a strange experience. I saw that flash in front of me when Juliet said one was crossing over, I saw it. And to feel those people brushing past me, and then the incredible sense of peace and relief at the end of it, I mean, I burst into tears. Such a profound experience, and I really cannot explain it, so there's mine. But could it be psychosomatic? You know, because I told you I was crossing people and then could you have just been caught up with that? Or do you think it I, it was I, more? Because, I mean, the brushing past you, could it be psychosomatic or...? It was just the, the way it felt though, Jules. I mean, yeah. you didn't say to me, there's going to be a flash. I saw it and said... Yeah, true, actually. You know, you, didn't, true, warn, didn't, you didn't warn me. No, I didn't. I right. just said, what was that? And she said, what did you see? And I said, there was a brilliant flash of light. Yeah. And you just yeah. said to me then, it's you crossing That's them true. over so you hadn't That's actually said true. anything to me yeah it, it could be psychosomatic i could then be thinking wow mm. i could feel them coming past me but it doesn't explain the flash though no it doesn't no that started the whole triggered the whole thing off mm. so that's very very strange mm. yeah well for me i would probably say defum yeah. defum green um because my gosh, we were just bang on the money, weren't we? All the way through. It, it, I mean, the, the, the Steve that I picked up on, um, you can see the video, actually. It's on Amazon Prime or it's on our website if you want to have a look, or YouTube. Yeah. So check the video out. It's very, very interesting. And Nigel's um, put a lot of information in there about the history as well. It really is quite fascinating. But, wow, connecting with Steve and his fellow airmen. I mean, that for me was amazing because, oh, just... and there was no way I could have known some of that stuff. No. I mean, the name you would think was common. Actually, Nigel, it wasn't, was it? There were those two. Days? There were two on that base. Only one of them was air crew. And what else did I say to you about him? You said that you, you got this sense that he was going on about guns. But then you also said that he he fixes things. Why is yeah. he he's going on about guns? But he he's, he fixes things as well. And you couldn't figure out why. I so I thought he was an armorer. I said he must be an armorer. And you said no, no he's <laughs> air crew. He's on the aeroplane. Yeah. Um. Wasn't till that night when we were talking about it. We we're doing the live to Facebook, and somebody said to us the positions on the plane, and they said to him, "We found your man, top turret gunner, flight engineer." Amazing. And he was top turret gunner flight engineer it really was yeah, it, it honestly, was a very emotive um, experience it was for me. It, incredible wasn't it you know but that, I mean we saw the shadows in front of the car uh, I mean we, we still we still we went back to Defum at another time to recreate it didn't we and we couldn't 
same temperature everything yeah. you know summer's evening with same car parked in the same, same place. place yeah we couldn't recreate it no. and we live streamed it on facebook so people were watching it the same time that it was going on with us and we have no idea what no. it was we actually it looked like people moving around it looked like propeller blades shadows of a, of a former event in the past yeah. we don't know we, we really don't know. I don't know. I'm supposed to be the psychic and I have no idea. Could not explain that at <clears> all. <throat> uh, yeah, that's completely fascinating. Because like you said, when we were looking, we went back over the, the video and looked at the shadows and isolated some. And there were, you could see some of them were figures moving. Yeah. But the propeller blades... But you even went out of the car, didn't you? You were throwing <laughs> things in front of the headlights. Waving my hand in front desperate, of it. Yeah. To see if I could get it. See, was it a moth? Was it a daddy long legs? Was it somebody's... You know, well, it wouldn't have been somebody's hand because we were both sat in the car. There's nobody Well, we there. did. I went out and put my hand in front of the lights to actually yeah. see. And that was the only way I could actually get a shadow the same sort of size. Yes. Was to have something that big and that close yeah. to the lens to actually do it. Bizarre. Yeah. And we would have seen something like that. Oh, God. Absolutely. Yeah. Without a shadow of a yeah. doubt. Excuse the pun. I'm full of oh, these tonight. Oh, you're full of it tonight, My aren't you? God. Very clever. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. There's a few of our mm -hmm. We Can't Explain It experiences for you. Mm. And the final one, Nigel, from Ken. Is there anywhere you have visited that you would never go there again, and why? Actually, I don't think there is. No. The problem is, being paranormal investigators, if something happens, you want to go back. You do, yeah. Yeah, good or bad, you're intrigued. Yeah. You want to go back. You want to go back. You yeah. want to know what it is, why it is, how it is, you know. So, yeah, anything like that that causes any form of experiences... You know, you want to go back. Yeah. When there are places that I would have trepidations about going into, yeah, yeah. you know, but then I'd still want to go in there. But we're sensible. We use protection and things like that, which we'll come on to later. We do, yeah. Um, um, we we don't go anywhere that's like um, older ruined buildings, anywhere that's unsafe. Mm -hmm. We're very, very careful about what we do and where we go. Absolutely. We make sure people know where we are as well. So, mm. you know, we're sort of quite cautious on that front. Yeah, but... No, as far as I'm concerned, anywhere is open. Absolutely. Bring it on, is what I say. I will go there. <laughs> okay, questions, questions. We have another one here. I'll ask the question, but the young lady's going to answer it for me. This is from Nikki. Um, after watching the YouTube video, this is the East Summerton one that we did, I really would like to ask Juliet what precautions she takes to protect you both from malevolence on excursions like this. Okay, so I tend to work with uh, positive energy. I work with angels. There's one in particular that I work with. And I will always do a circle of protection for our team before we enter um, a venue. And using our circle of protection, I will send healing energy um, around the members of the circle and ensure that they are fully protected and I will then close the circle. I do exactly the same thing uh, before we leave as well uh, to make sure that nothing follows us home or, you know, gets in the car with us because we don't want none of that. We've all seen it in the movies. Now nah, we don't want any of that. Thank you very much. Um, so that's what I do. I work with angels. I do protection. I think it's very, very important. I've made mistakes in the past where I haven't. It hasn't been too pleasant so yes, uh, learning from my um, previous historic errors, I will always use protection and that's how I do it. 
and I have to say, I feel an awful lot safer knowing that you've done that as well. Um, I've been on investigations in the past where people have said to me, I'm not going to, I'm going to stand outside the circle, you know, and see what happens. Yeah, and I'm smart. like, don't want to do that. I don't <laughs> no. want to take any risks. Whether or not you believe in these things, whether you just think it's mad mumbo jumbo, I'm not going to take the risk. You know, I want to be there and I want to make sure that I'm protected. And that's Juliet's department. I wouldn't really know what to do. But I also, um, I wear, I'm not a Christian, but I wear a cross that my mother gave me. And she said that she's put a prayer in it to protect me. So I always have this with me as well. And um, I also sort of ask spirits not to follow me as well when I'm at, uh, if I'm actually doing daylight filming at uh, certain venues. I did it at East Summerton. Um, I will ask spirit not to follow me. And I'll say a short prayer before I go in as well. So stuff that I've learned off of Juliet. So yeah, we're very, very, very careful about what we do because you honestly... We have to be. You don't know what you're dealing with. No. no. None of us do. Yeah, that is the gamble. And mm. you don't want to take a gamble. Absolutely. Okay, we've got another couple of questions to answer for you now. This is from Mark Davis at Paranormal Reason. Um, has anybody been able to verify the existence of the said witch? This is the one with a wooden leg that's supposed to be buried under the tree in the church at East Summerton. Or explained how a tree is growing in the ruins of the church. When the witch was buried outside the church. Mm, it's things like this that keep me awake at night. I know exactly what you mean, Mark. <laughs> yes, um, I tried to verify the witch. No. I've not been able to find any record of a witch being in that area at any time. I did through, through the um, witch finder general stuff at Yarmouth, where he was active across that area. There was no witches from that vicinity that were actually in his trials could find nothing in the records the big problem that we got with this site is all the church records for st mary's were taken over to the church at winterton and unfortunately they had a fire and the records were destroyed so any information about the church is lost there's only small bits that you can find mentioned in other records and um, i did touch on a few of those in the article that i wrote for haunted and in the blog post that i put on, on the um out there website as well so yeah, it's very, very difficult to verify it. The tree itself, if she was buried there in the 1400s, there's no way that tree is that old. That oak tree is about 100 years old, if that. It is strange that it grows slapping in the middle of the church, but I don't think it's grown from a wooden leg. So the witch is a great folklore story, but that's all it is. There could well be another witch buried there in that area somewhere, but... It's not under the tree in the church, that's for sure. Okay, and Mark's next question was, where do the ghost monks come from and where were they based? Now, we did touch on this We've earlier, actually touched we? on this a little bit earlier, Mark. So, yeah, so we sort of uh, <laughs> jumped in a bit there. Um, they're not monks per se. They're actually uh, lepers, although they would still be religious brethren because they lived a monastic life. They would have had some other people to look after them. The hospital where I think they came from, St. Leonard's Hospital, which is supposed to be at West Summerton, but I think it was nearer to the site that we are, would have had a prior to look after them. So it's another monk of sorts. And they probably would have had another couple of helpers to help as well. So, yeah, there is definitely evidence that it could have been monks in that area, but they would have more likely been lepers rather than... Um, 
holy brethren, but they still lived the same monastic lifestyle. So. Which is why they would look like monks. Exactly. Mm. They were effectively monks. They were doing exactly the same thing as the monks were doing, and they would have had um, monks of some kind looking after them as well. So there we are. There are monks in their area. So the monk stories do have a ring of truth to them. Okay, so our next question was from Dave Eldridge. Thank you, Dave. Now, Dave wants to know, what do you do when outdoors to avoid interpreting any general background noise and contamination as potential paranormal? This is for you, Nigel. Yeah, I have to say, um, it's your, your expertise. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What you've got to be is when you are out and about on investigation, you have to be aware of what's around you. Um, I tend to do a recce of the site first so I can see what's in the general area. Um, so I'd be looking, say for instance, uh, the look at East Summerton as, as an example. Okay, It's a rural site, there's not a lot around it. Okay, There's an operating farm a little bit further down the road. There is a main road a little bit of just the other side of the church as well. It's also quite close to flight path for planes from Norwich Airport as well. So you're listening for noise to see you can tell agricultural machinery noise, you can tell the noise of tractors and stuff like that. It's fairly obvious what they are. You can also tell if there's a plane flying over as well because you'd hear that noise. You can also discern the difference between noises that you pick up and background noise like vehicles on the road. It's important to know the area, like I said, about checking it out first so you can work out what noises are going to be there. So then you can sort of differentiate between those and what could be a possible paranormal noise of sorts. The um, digital recorders that we use are really quite sensitive and they do pick up lots of noise so we're sort of quite conscious of that fact so we do listen to everything very very carefully. Um, it's quite easy to sort of get confused especially when you're like looking for EVPs. Was it an EVP? Was it somebody moving? Was it someone sighing? You know, it's Or animals of course. Exactly, you don't know what's going on around you so you, you listen to it really really carefully and you give it a few listens but you don't listen to it yourself. You give it to somebody else to listen to yeah, as well to absolutely. see what they hear, but you don't tell them what you've heard. So by that way, then you're then getting a, a confirmation of what you're listening to. And if they say, oh, I heard this, and it's the same as what you heard, then you put Yeah, so you're not putting the idea there. into somebody's head, are you? No, you don't tell them what you heard mm. or what you're listening for. Just say, can you hear anything here? Mm. Um, the other thing we do is if there is too much noise on a location then um, we can abandon investigations yeah. and we have done that in the past we've yeah, been it's to a sites. shame but we have to you have we? to yeah and the other thing is if you get another party turn up as well we tend to sort of rather than stay with another group would say what well, we're done for the night we'll go yeah so yeah it's important that you do check everything you do and double check everything that you do but yeah it's it's basically thinking about what you're doing and making a bit of sort of careful planning beforehand sort of differentiate between the genuine and the noises that are just there okay the last question we've got before we let uh, our special guest loose is from steve parsons from parascience um steve well known actually in paranormal circles he's written a very good book called ghostology um ooh, my days okay what do you consider the primary aim of an investigation should be pursuant to that what do you consider the primary role of the investigator is? Wow. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> we'll try and answer it as best we can. Yeah. Um, everyone's opinions are going to be different as to what they do because everybody investigates in different ways. But, but essentially, all, we're looking yeah. for the same thing, aren't but it, we? So we absolutely are. But it's it's also depending on whether you're a psychic or a skeptic. You mm-hmm. know. So I'll be going into an investigation as a psychic. Um, looking for a psychic connection, you will be going into an investigation to debunk. I'll be looking for you evidence, know? yeah. I You'll mean... be looking for evidence. I love the evidence as well, and I love the history as well, but I'm not allowed to look at any of that um, until after an investigation, whereas you do a lot of research prior to an investigation, don't you? Yeah. I mean, if to me, um, investigations are all about finding out what's there. I mean, the, the interest is you found a site, there is a story attached to that site, you're going to go and see what you can actually find. Um, but you're going to very carefully lay out what you're doing. So with investigations, I think planning is important. I think research is very, very important. And you want to know as much information as you can. Um, I think gathering evidence is very, very important as well. And I think it's really important to go in with an open mind too. So don't go in already thinking, oh, I'm going to experience this, 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 yeah, this and this. Chances are you're not. You're not going to, <laughs> no. I mean, the number of times that I've sat in an empty building or sat in a field and got absolutely nothing at all, mm-hmm. you know, we're not the hoping that we're going to find things, but we're going there because we want to find out what's going on. We yeah. want to answer questions. We want to try and understand what's going on. You know, there's experience that you have that you can't explain and you want some kind of explanation for it. Mm. Um, we're not investigators that go out and jump up and down and shout and scream and go whoa ghosts or it's a demon or it's this or it's that we calculate what we're doing we listen very carefully to what's going on we try and come up with a valid explanation for it we'll give you um another reason for what's going on so if we hear a sound we could say oh that could be this or it could be that Mm. and give people then the option to make the choice as to what they're hearing as to whether they think it's paranormal or not yeah we like to open it up don't we to we do yeah other people just to get their views on what it could be yeah i mean we're not as scientific as some other people would be um we're very very careful what we do and we police our investigations very very carefully so we have an idea when we go in of what we're looking for because we know the story beforehand well i do juliet doesn't because i don't normally let her know what's going on often don't let her know where we're going until the actual night when we go and investigate so she's got no way to actually have any prior knowledge of it um we like to mix the two up some people will look at the the psychic side of it and say it's gobbledygook or rubbish but I've experienced things that I can't explain with things that Juliet's done. So to me, it's just as valid as the more scientific side of things. I think it's important to actually cover both options, although some people would disagree with me on that. So how am I doing with that one so far? So primary role of the investigator is keep an open mind. Make sure you record everything and you record carefully. Okay. Do not invent anything at all. Okay. Be honest, be truthful, okay, and be willing to share the information that you've got. Also be respectful because if there is spirit there and there is, could have been someone, it could be the spirit of someone who's passed away, that's effectively what you're saying, that it is, 
treat them like normal people don't shout don't be rude yeah absolutely also don't provoke exactly there's See no too much of that there's no point in provoking why no, shout at people you won't ridiculous. get any answers by shouting but it's also a fact you have to think about the fact if it is spirit you know i i believe because i'm a psychic that uh it is spirit um i have no idea how i get what i get and why i get it i really don't know the answer to that um, but if it is, show some respect because you've also got to think about family members uh, that could be living as well. You know, you have to be mindful of that too. So as Nigel said, there's got to be a lot of sense in doing what you do. There has to be a lot of respect. There has to be a lot of honesty. And that's how we conduct ourselves, really. Yeah, we hope. I mean, I hope that's the sort of answer you're looking for, Steve. Um, I could go into the sort of technical aspects of it and everything, but really i think it's just yeah just be careful what you do you know yeah. be i'll be be honest and up front and be willing to share and yeah be respectful absolutely and you don't have to have all these buzzy little whizzy gadgets as well you know you look at, back in history you look at people like harry price and the way they did things traditionally and they didn't have all the gadgetry so if you want to do investigating you can. You don't need all the funky stuff. No, you don't. We you didn't, certainly don't. did we, when we started When we first out? started, we didn't. And actually, no. um, as we've gone on, the amount of kit that we carry has got less. Mm. You know, we take the That's things... That's actually very true. Yeah, we take the things we think this is going to be useful at this location because yeah. it's it's outside or whatever. And Absolutely. then we'll take the bits that we think we're going to be... It's easier for us not to have a lot of kit laying about mm. as well. That's very true. Rely on your own instincts and judgment. But Absolutely. be willing to question everything that you find because it's important to question all the evidence that you get. 100%. Okay, there we go. Oh, hang on, Nige. We've got another question that has just come in. Uh-oh, okay. Okay, now this is from Travellers Paranormal and they want to know, when investigating, do you prefer to go in cold or do you look up and research beforehand? Okay, right. We're quite strict about what we do. I think we might sort of run across it in some of the other answers that we said as well. I research. Okay, I like to have as much information as I can about a site before I actually go in. So I'd research the history. I'd research any other experiences that people have had there. Um, I'm not psychic, so I'm not going to pick anything up. But what I like to know is what I need to take with me with regards to bits of equipment and things like that and what experiments I can run on the night to make sure that I pick up on some of the things that have happened at the location. So I do, don't, so I do, I don't like to go in cold. I do like to research beforehand. But with Juliet, it's completely different. Yeah, you don't tell me anything. No, nope, I keep it I'm quiet. I'm just left in the dark. If you had your way, you'd put me in a little box and lock me in. It's not a bad idea, each... actually. Thanks. Well, because you run right on investigation sometimes, oh, don't know. you? I know. I wind him up. Off on a crazy tangent. I know, right? Where are you going, Jules? I need to do this. Well, I can... Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? And you not having any prior knowledge is really, yeah. really good because then anything we pick up on the night... We know that. Well, you know, I, I don't. I know what's going on. I can, <laughs> yeah. I can try and steer it a certain way without saying anything. Yeah, absolutely. But um, we know that anything we pick up on the night, especially anything that you pick up on the it's night, genuine, 100%. is genuine because you've got no prior knowledge. Absolutely. So, yeah. So yes, um, in a way, I think it's the best way to go. I research before. I also research after as well because sometimes. Um, Juliet will pick up on things when we're out investigating or will have experiences and um, certain noises, certain things that will happen. 
on the night. So I research again afterwards. To me, it's very, very important to do all of your research. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I bang on about the article that I wrote for Haunted Magazine, and that is about research, because there's amazing things you can find out about sites. Here's an example. The recent video we did at East Somerton, I researched that site. Okay, I found out that there was a leper hospital at that site. I also found out that there was a decoy site for World War II near that location as well. I also found out about a quarter of a mile away, there's another church at West Somerton, which is on a hill called Blood Hills, where there was a Saxon Viking battle. I also found that a little bit further up the road, there's a place called Gibbet Hill, where a person was put in a gibbet in 1727. <laughs> so it's... All the information that you can find, you can then use that in your investigations because you've got that background information that covers the things that happen on the event. We wouldn't have known anything about the weird bombing noises that we had that I played earlier on, not knowing about the decoy site. Knowing about the decoy site immediately makes you think, oh my God, is it something connected with that? You have to sort of think about what you're doing as well because research can cloud your judgment but working with it is important as well. So I hope that answers your question. And with that, that is the end of our questions. It is. That's it for now. That's it for now. So we've had a little bit of a chat about our last investigation and run through some of the questions that uh, people put onto Twitter for us. But we wanted to get someone on board to actually give us their account of what they thought about it and ask us a few questions possibly. So... We asked for volunteers, and this really lovely lady decided to volunteer. Say hello and welcome to Bethan Briggs-Miller from the Erie Essex podcast. Hiya, Bethan, and thank you very much for volunteering to come on here and help us out. Of course, I couldn't say no to a fellow East Anglian paranormal folk. Oh, there we go. So, you've had a look at the video itself. The We're talking about the investigation of the witch's leg at East Somerton, obviously. Yeah. And um, we're trying to get sort of people to sort of have a look at it and see what they think because we had so much going on on the night and we were really rather surprised what happened, to tell the truth, because we weren't expecting half of it, were we? No, we no, weren't. Honestly, it was just complete, complete and utter surprise for us. So if I say to you, would you like to sort of say in your own words what you thought of it without sort of trying to big ourselves up or anything? Could you do that for us, please? Well, you teased about it for quite some time before you released it, and I thought, oh, he's making a mountain out of a molehill. No, you weren't. It was a mountain. There was so much going on that night. It was fascinating, really completely fascinating. I mean, we didn't, honestly, we turned up there, we put our kit out, we thought, okay, we may get one or two things, we'll see what happens, and it kicked off straight away, didn't it? Yeah, straight away, so very strange. Very strange. I think it's interesting as well that... Um, Considering the story is centred on this witch that's supposedly buried under the church, you didn't pick up on one. And from looking at other people who've gone there, like Val Thomas, Weird Norfolk, lots of different people, we've been discussing this episode because we really enjoyed it. And from what I can understand, mediums and people who are sensitive, they don't pick up on a witch either. No, I didn't. I mean, I, I am um, a psychic medium and mm. I didn't pick up on a witch at all I picked up on a lot of other things but there as far as I was concerned there was no witch mm. just so this power source a lot of people say there is it, it was but it wasn't anything negative I mean what I was getting uh very much was a male energy um mm. and 
the male energy didn't want females there was, and I felt like a, it, the chap that was there that I was picking up on was trying to escort me out of the venue, out of the location. He just yeah, didn't you had that bruise. How long did the bruise stay there? That was a couple of days. Yeah, because you noticed it on about the... About two or three days. Yeah, it was the following day when you noticed it, wasn't it? Because you, you were out well, I think and you saw it. I think that was when he... Because he <clears throat> I felt somebody almost grabbing me and I was just like, ow. And then I look, I was rubbing it and I had to look and I had a red mark there. And then obviously the next day, overnight, it had turned into a bruise and I was like, oh my gosh, what, what the heck? Is it coincidence? Was that basically, you know, because somebody or something did touch me or grab me or whatever... It was it was really, really strange, really strange. Mm. But the energy as well in the premises, there was a slight tone of negativity, but I don't think that was anything residual. I think that is just what people have come in and done because there have been people going in there, hasn't there, and fooling around. With... Yeah, we've seen like dead bits of animals. They've, they've yeah. sort of inscribed symbols on the ground and stuff like that. So it is the sort of the usual thing, kids mucking about doing what they think is devil-worshipping. Yeah, but, the dabblers. You know, they don't yeah. really know what they're doing. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah, it just creates, you know, negative energy. It's no more than that, really. But, I mean, that was all I was getting. I certainly mm. wasn't getting any witches. I wasn't even getting any female energy at all. But from what and how that tree sprouted in the middle of a church is interesting because you you don't see things like that do you very often i've never seen it anywhere else and it is the one thing there it's the only tree in the middle of that church there's nothing else in there yeah so yeah, note from looking online that a lot of people have said but a couple of people have said it could have been a squirrel bearing an acorn there but when there was another there was a someone who came on to disprove that they said the way the oak has grown that there's no branches lower down it's this that even like people who are like tree experts are a bit like there's something odd about it yeah yeah there isn't anything it's not until it actually goes up through the roof itself that actually then the canopy yeah. opens out so it is basically a very long it's, they call it the witch's finger it is mm. like a finger pointing to the sky mm. so yeah really is it's absolutely fascinating mm. I mean it's it's really bizarre I mean when we or when when we sort of first went in I don't know how you felt, Nigel, but I certainly felt like we had eyes on us, like we were being watched. There's something some they're watching us. Yeah, yeah. particularly in the tower part. Now, because you'd done some research, hadn't you, Nigel, mm -hmm. prior to the investigation, and you yeah. said that the tower part was older. It's older than the church itself. The tower was put yeah. up first. The church, right. actual church, main church itself was put up afterwards, and there's something like a gap of... And make him up at two hundred years or something like that between the two, which is quite yeah, it's quite a you know it's a big age. difference between them. Yeah, was the tower part of the monastery buildings? It's part of you're looking at the um, the things that I actually found out. Um, yeah, possibly that it could be the um, St Leonard's leper hospital. And that yes. wouldn't surprise me if that wasn't part of that. And that's what I was seeing. Yeah, because I thought I was seeing monks. They're not monks. Mm. No, but you said to me that they they'd lived. have been in a habit though. Like they would have they lived. And that's what I was seeing. Yeah. The, the one I saw was was a male in in yeah. the habit, and he did not want me there. And they lived like monks. <laughs> um, they when they because the actual hospital itself was run by a religious organisation, so there would have been a couple of people to look after them there. There would have been brethren of some sort. There would have been a prior actually running it with mm. some helpers as well. Um, but they had to live a monastic life while they were in there, so they were effectively monks. So, yeah, and that's where the monks come from. There's a question that we were asked um, 
by somebody on our Twitter group, um, it's Mark Davis from Paranormal Reason, where do the monks come from? They're not monks, they're lepers, but they are monks. Does that make sense? Because they live a monastic yeah. life. Yeah, well, they look like monks to look yeah. at them, don't they? I mean, I, um, I covered the actual hospital bit in my article in the Haunted magazine um, about the fact that we sort of found that site and um, then went on to describe, you know, the leper hospital, how they lived in the leper hospital, the things that happened there as well, because there was lots of strange events that happened in that leper hospital, which explains why they seem to be rather upset at people that go there. So I'm mm, still guarding the place. Yeah. They are guarding it because yeah, people say the, the rumor is that the monks are there to stop you from getting the witch to come out from underneath the tree. Mm. But of course, stories get twisted. There is something mm. buried in that church. Yeah, that they are particular about, but it isn't a witch. And I didn't get to the bottom of who was buried in that church. Is it, is it someone or something? I think it's a someone, and I think it's someone that was very important to them. Right. That's what I was getting, and they were quite protective of that. But I didn't get to the bottom of what or, well, I say I should say who, actually, it was. I mean, that, that, that was what I was picking up. That would be a benefactor of sorts. So um, often people... To be buried in the church in medieval times, sorry, a boy with history now. No, it's interesting. <laughs> Full of this rubbish. To get buried in a, oh, pardon me, get buried in a church in medieval times, you would have to be a benefactor to get inside mm. the church. And the more you gave, the closer to the altar you would get. The idea mm. was to buy your way into heaven, which is why you get to some medieval churches, they've got like tombs of knights and things on the floors or mm. on the walls and they're near, near the altar. This is a very, very old church. It's actually a chapel, it's not a church, um, which yeah. makes me think that's why it's attached to the monastery because a chapel has to be attached to another building. I said that, didn't mm. I? Yeah, it's a bigger building. It's a bigger building, yeah. Indeed, so. You said that before you knew, yeah. Yeah, interesting. so it is interesting. Um, but there would have been benefactors probably would have been buried in that chapel. So someone who'd given money to the, the, the organisation itself, to the hospital, could well be buried in there. Ah, which okay, is why it's important to the monks because obviously if there's a benefactor buried in there then they're like oh i'm going to protect that person yeah so mm. yeah interesting when i first heard the story i first heard it on weird norfolk and when they talked about like the wooden leg and the witch i did wonder whether it was a tale that got twisted slightly because a lot of supposed witches you know accused women would have been buried with a wooden stake through their heart. They used to do it with people who um, yes. took their own lives because they believed yeah. that they would. There was this belief, and it's all over Britain, but a lot in Essex, and I assume in Norfolk. I'm out of my territory here. This is Schieffer and Stacia's territory, but I'm tiptoeing in. Um, yeah, they would have been um, buried with a stake in their heart because they believed they could rise again afterwards. And there were, and there's even some cases where, if there was one woman who was accused of being a witch and she took the life of her baby before she took the life of herself and she had two stakes so it was and there was one woman found with about five stakes in so yeah. each stake represented a life they took before their own yeah wow. which is pretty grim and um, i thought maybe that wove its way into some folklore Possibly. you know sometimes you can see folklore blurring from story to story so oh, that could yeah. have been a woman who wasn't that far away buried and maybe when the tree grew they were like oh that must be her yeah yeah just putting two and two together yeah. it's the fact that um the thing with the burial is when they say it's a witch that's buried in a church they're not often buried in churches 
Mm. Um, no, they'd have been on the south side. Yeah, they would have been on the side where they wouldn't want. They normally, with things like, especially um, they feared they would come back, they would bury them at crossroads. So they wouldn't yeah, know how to get back. Yeah, crossroads. Um, um, stone on them sometimes. That's right. And they'd bury them face down as well, mm. which is another thing they would mm. do. So then they wouldn't be able to dig their way out, which is that's horrible, isn't creepy it? stuff. But yeah, yeah, that's all the things they sort of did because they were terrified of them. You know, mm. like you said, they'd put them, put them to death. Hanging was normally the way they would kill them. Mm. This which apparently was supposed to have been buried alive in a box under the church. But why bury them under the church? Yeah, that would have been a place of quite yeah. prestigious. Yeah. And then um, the other thing to sort of diss the witch, you know, I'm dissing the witch here, which is not a very good thing to do, but um, the period that they're saying this took place in wasn't sort of prime witch hunt period of history. No, it wasn't. Um, it when was did they say it took place? They're talking about taking place in the 1400s, so that's well, way, way too early, early for yeah. witch craze. Um, if they talk the tree as well. Yeah, the tree. There's no way that tree is more than 100 years old. No. I would yeah. say, you know, and we had we had Matthew Hunter and John Stern up this way, the Witchfinder General. Obviously, you know him from Essex as well, because he'd been down that way Hopkins. too. Hopkins, sorry, Matthew, Matthew Hopkins. Hopkins. Yeah, Hunter. Honestly, I'm good at Witch this. Witch Hunter, Matthew Hopkins. That's it. There's one podcast that said, "Oh, Erie Essex really hate Anthony Hopkins." No. No, but I looked through um, the records because I've actually got the records of the trials that took place in Yarmouth for um, mm. the Witchfinder, and there wasn't anybody from that area. Bus plus, sorry, plus the fact the church actually went out of use just shortly after that period as well, but it had been in ruin before then anyway. Mm. So they actually fell out of yeah, use. And then your dates match, do they? No, they don't. You know, so there's nothing to match it up at all. So right. it is, there probably was a wise woman that lived in that village. She probably was possibly put to death, but I doubt very much she was buried in the church. Mm. You know, mm. it just doesn't, the things just don't add up. No. You know. I was thinking, I mean, the bit of your video, I mean, lots happened, but the bit with the bombing was incredible. Uh, I just, do you know what? Couldn't it doesn't sound like out. anything like fireworks or anything. It was bizarre. Well, we thought it was fireworks to start with. The we bombing did. has a very definite sound to it, doesn't it? It's a low... Yeah. I mean, we're, we're near the barracks here at Colchester. Mm. And when they practice, there's a very definitive sound to shelling and bombing. It's it's deeper, it's yes, lower. It's... We have, I have, where I live here in Attleborough, we have... Um, air bases up here so I know exactly what you mean because mm -hmm. sometimes they do it sort of hoppest 11 at night and you can hear it and it is quite an obvious sound yeah. mm. it really is you know and it it was just bizarre it's so strange I mean the fact that it started off we heard what sounded like gunfire mm. first of all we heard this weird voice just shouting it's it just yeah. going oh Oh, and we thought, oh, mm. God, there's someone coming. We thought someone was mucking about. Yeah, someone mucking about. So we sort of get, get ready to run in case we needed to, because you do get this sometimes on investigation. Mm. But mm. then it started sounding like gunfire. And I said to Julia, this is really weird. What's going on? She'd record it. Yeah. So I said, right, okay. So I set the digital recorder up, thank God, because we wouldn't have got that otherwise. And then it mm. just kicked it was bizarre and it was we're just really looking bizarre. we're looking for fireworks you know we're looking for flashes anything at all yeah, and there was nothing and there was i mean i even did i even after the investigation i thought could it be because i know they're putting in um sort of uh wind power off in in the seas off the coast here 
Mm. Um, and I thought, are they putting them up, you know, at night? Are they are they sort of drilling or banging into the sea floor, uh, which could be ricocheting? I even thought about that. I even yeah. looked up to see if there was any works. There wasn't. I mean, I was, we were trying everything yeah. that we could think of to try and cancel out what the noise could be because we weren't far from the sea. No. You know, no, they did sound quite close. Yeah. And that's the thing with it. And then obviously I'd, I'd heavily researched the site before him because I always do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I'm not only that I'd written about it as well. So I'd, I'd yeah. had all that information on hand and I said to Jules, well, this has got nothing to do with the war. And all of a sudden they just sprung back in my head. John, it was a decoy site, you know? And I said to him, oh my God, it was a decoy site during world war two. And they set it out. So the Germans it? would bomb it. Yeah. And it was bombed. And we found well, that information, I... didn't we, after the investigation? That's the scary thing. The fact that then afterwards we went through um, the records trying to find if there was a bombing raid on that yeah, night. Yeah. And there was a series of raids over four nights. Wow. And they'd hit Galston, which is further along the coast. So as soon as the raid, what happened with these sites is, and I explained it in the video itself, as yeah. soon as a raid starts, then they'll try and put the initial fires out and then they'll set fire to the decoy site to confuse the second wave of German bombers to bomb that instead. So Galston would have been hit. They would have been radioed through from Galston saying we've had an attack at Galston, which is just up the coast from Yarmouth, which is an unusual site for them to bomb. So obviously aiming for Yarmouth mm. missed. Mm. So then they would have set that decoy site alight. So the next wave of bombers then would have hit the decoy site. So were we, I mean... I don't know. It, was, it, was it a kind of a time some slip? Some weird kind of time slip. Were, were we, we thinking out it's funny you say that because I, I was talking about this with Shifra because I, I told her to watch the video because she loves East Summerton. And she's actually sent me an email with some thoughts. Okay, yeah. If Go I could ahead. just read it out because um, she yeah, knows no a lot about we're, the we're area. Because we, we obviously want to do this to try and get to the bottom of things, which yeah, is why we, we've thrown it across to somebody else who understands, you know, what we're going through mm -hmm. with this because we don't want to seem like we're completely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you are. Well, listen to this now. Um, so she starts talking about the bombing sounds. This was really, really interesting. I didn't know that the area was being used as a decoy for bombing raids on Yarmouth, but it would make sense as Yarmouth was bombed in both world wars. I don't know if the sounds were on the anniversary, but as you said, there were. Um, the thing I found most interesting about what is in the area does seem to be somewhat of a time slip hotspot. We have a well-documented time slip at Horning, one in the centre of Great Yarmouth and a newly um, recovered case just off the Akel Strait. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. from what I know, the area is sort of like they're around. Um, yes, yeah. yeah. I know the Yarmouth one really well. That was a shop. Uh, mm. The guy went into the shop to buy some stuff. Or I was a lady or a gentleman, I can't remember exactly. And then it went back again to find the shop again, and it just wasn't there, yeah. you know. So and the Horning one, I think someone was walking through Horning, and it looked like they'd gone back in time. Yeah. yeah. They were walking through the village itself, and they thought, well, this is really odd. It doesn't look right at all. Mm. Yeah. But the Acle one, that's a new one on me, so I'll have to look that one up. And that's, that's I'll quite send you the information, yeah. Exactly, yeah, as you said, no, that's a new one that's come up. Yeah. But Acle, I mean, yeah, they're, they're not anywhere really near, but they form like a nice circle around almost that's all in that area that's right yeah, yeah. and it's i mean they're all within that i said they're all within about 10 miles of each other mm. you know. well i tried to look up i've got a book here um east anglia um and it's looking at the ridgeways and ley lines 
Oh, right, I bought yeah. it for Essex, and there's sod all about Essex in it, but there's loads about that's Norfolk. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> so you're welcome to have a look at it after me. Um, okay. But I was trying to look, because I, as I say, I don't know the Norfolk coast at all, but I went on Google Maps and tried to look, and there seemed to be ley lines and ridgeways going, like literally crisscrossing over the whole of it. And what's odd is that the East Summerton area has nothing. It's almost odd in that respect that it doesn't have anything it's almost There's a void there, yeah yeah that's strange i mean looking at the history of the site there there are a couple of there's a few bronze age burial mounds um nearby in that sort of area we've got one uh, i live at martin there's one there there's another couple at west summit which is a little bit further over but yeah the fact there's no sort of laser we have got a big i think is it is it st michael's lane that's in this way I think there is, yeah. yeah it it's just south the of it, the St. Michael's Ley Line is just yeah, south. Yeah, Close enough, maybe, you know, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, I went, there was a talk on um, witchcraft from the Folklore Library and Archive, and Val yeah. Thomas, who's from Norfolk, spoke. And she talked about the area, especially with, like, the flint and the chalk around mm. there and how the chalk is the represents the feminine spirit and the flint is the male. And yeah. from what I understand of the Summerton area, it's very flint heavy. It is, yes, yeah. So just that male presence, it could be, you know, going right back to the minerals in the ground. It's very male. Right, that's yeah, interesting, that is isn't really it? Really interesting. I hadn't thought. It's the fact that's that what you picked up on when you were there was yeah, the fact that it was yeah. it was more male orientated. Oh, absolutely. Wasn't it? Yeah. Well, there wasn't. I couldn't pick up on any female energy at all. No, no. Yeah. And a lot of people who pick up on this powerful. It's, it's not necessarily negative but you don't want to dabble with it no i mean val did, yeah. did end her talk with um talking about the witch's leg and she said she didn't get a witch or anything like that but she did get this sense of this she's connected with whatever power is there and she said it's very very powerful and very ancient and it's not something you want to do as a novice let's say it's no it's raw yeah Interesting. That's okay. fascinating, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Well, when we were calling out, um, noticed that when we got it to actually mess about with the, the trifield meter mm. that we were using, it would only respond when I asked it to do things. Yeah, that was... Yes, I noticed that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, which is quite interesting to... again. Yeah. Which, you know, not nice, but... <laughs> not, not nice it didn't talk, they talked to you, Nigel. Not nice that they ignored Juliet. Yeah, mm. but then... Like Julia was saying, she got that impression that they didn't want her there, so they were quite. Well, you had that pain in your back and that feeling. That was yeah. that was so aggressive. It really was, but it was it was also the fact, I suppose, in their era that women were not considered important enough to be spoken to. Really, they were second class citizens, weren't they? During that time period, yeah, I mean, equality would have been different in those days. Very yeah. much so, mm. but the the pain, I yeah, I whatever it was was trying. I, I don't do mediumship anymore. I, I don't touch it. I, I will work as a psychic, but I don't entertain anything talking through me. I won't do that now. And it was definitely trying to mm. talk through me. What, what, whomever he was, was, was trying to communicate. And it oh, was... Mr. Chance there. No, it's it's not pleasant. No, I know. Well, it's I not would, pleasant. If anything happened, I wouldn't know what to do anyway. So. Well, you just have to get me out. Yeah, that's that's the only thing. But I'm I'm in control of it, and I don't let things do that now. 
and I will take myself out of the situation if I feel... I think it's very wise. You obviously, yeah, as you say, it was quite malevolent and didn't want you there. It Mm. was strong energy. It was strong Mm. energy. But again, it, it wasn't evil or negative. It was just kind of, you don't belong here, you need to leave. And it was very strong energy. But I wasn't getting anything evil or spiteful or unkind or anything like that. It was almost like dominating is how I'd explain it. Just playing devil's advocate here. Mm. If the, I mean, the way Val described it, you know, this sort of like really like not evil, but dangerous to connect with it. Mm. Could you have been, could they have been getting you out of there because you were in danger? Was there any sense of they were getting you out for your own protection? I'm just literally spitballing ideas. Yeah, absolutely. No, I didn't sense that at all. Right. Okay. Um, I didn't sense anything, you know, um, of, of, of serious, uh, spiritual nature or anything like that. I mean, I, all I basically was getting was male energies, um, that were asking me to leave. I mean, that was it. I wasn't getting any more than that. So were they, they human been... or possibly? Yeah. Would they have been human at one point or? Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Absolutely. Just wondering nature spirits or something. Yeah. No, I I didn't get anything like that at all. Mm. I mean, I've had things like that before. I've I've picked up on some very elsewhere, some very unpleasant things. When we did Castle Rise and Castle in Kings Lynn, that was very unpleasant and sinister. Something very, that there was something horrible down there, wasn't there? Yeah, that Mm. really was very negative energy in there but um yeah no witch's leg nothing like that at all I, I just was picking up on um men um which I thought at the time were monks that were trying to escort me off the premises because they didn't want me there I mean that was it you know but they were trying to communicate I think there's a story to be told and they want to tell it and they were trying to make contact which is why obviously yeah. We had that connection yeah. with, with the kit and they were responding to Nigel as well. And we saw on the grid, the laser grid, that moved, didn't it? We saw I that saw a figure, but Nigel said it was you. I'm sure you weren't stood anywhere near, though. I saw a shadow pass it. Some, one, one of the shadows was me right. um, because of the angle I was standing. But ah, right. there was movement. Yeah. There absolutely was movement. What you can see it you could see, you could actually see the the green dots themselves. Mm. They were blurring in and out. And that was weird. Which is really strange. Mm. They're just like solid dots. Mm. But they were like blurring in and out, weren't they? Like something was it's just... like the atmosphere was dense. Moving in front of them, yeah. Rather than shadow passing dense. through, it was the actual... Yeah. You got it, the air itself. Yeah, yeah the energy. Oh, it was, it, it, I think it was the energy. You see energy. heat, isn't it? You see heat off the road and it wobbles things. You've yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah, like a heat haze. Yeah. Like a heat haze, yeah. yeah. Um, well, Shifra said something else about the church. So I'll just, I'll just carry on. Yeah, with that's you. fine. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I find Summerton such a magical place, and it's interesting that people have such different experiences there. I have no doubt that there are a number of entities there. I feel like different entities are drawn to different people. If that makes sense. Yeah. Whenever, yeah. whenever I've been there, I've had nothing but a calming energy, and I feel very drawn to the tree. I always place my hand on it when I'm there. I've only ever been there in the dark once and I can't really remember how it felt as it was many, many years ago. 
but now I can certainly say during the day it's a calming, friendly energy for me. And from all the accounts I've read, I get the impression that night is a completely different matter. Was there a, was there a different feeling between night and day when you went? Yes, there was. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Day, daytime, it's, it's really calm. It's really quite lovely. Yeah. I mean, you can get lost. You can sit and listen. And obviously, it's in in the middle of nowhere and it's gone back to nature so you get birdsong um trees rustling it's really quite nice it's sort beautiful. of stand. it looks beautiful yeah. yeah it is i mean there's not there's not a lot there but it doesn't need to be a lot there to actually yeah. sort of lose yourself in it but i mean different uh, i like what you said about different people as well because we did a episode on um forests and i yeah. did um i looked at epping forest which has got all manner of horrific things happen there i mean like in vast numbers it's weird Mm -hmm. but when you look at pictures and you hear people who perhaps don't know the stories different people get like opposite ends of the spectrum either really peaceful or really horrific there's no middle ground really it's yeah i wonder if it different people like connect with different things perhaps some people connect with a malevolent force some people are drawn draw positive in I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I do think there's um, an element of that for sure. Mm. You know, I, I think once you've experienced um, something malevolent, I think you tend to be able to experience it and notice it, um, you know, a lot easier in, mm. in, in my experience. I mean, you know, as soon as I had almost like my first experience, it, I could then pick up on it fairly quickly. A lot quicker than before, um, but I, I definitely think that's the case. You know, I, I think it's also linked to to your belief system as well. Mm. You know, because if people don't believe, obviously they're completely closed off to everything. You know, or if people just want to believe in the power of good, then they tend to focus on that. Mm. You know, so I, I think a lot of it is is to do with your perception as well on things. I know what you mean about if you experienced it then you can pick it up because yeah I had that incident in the house I grew up and you can always tell it I always people have said oh it must have been really frightening the atmosphere it's like no it was void mm-hmm. that was what was odd it was the, it wasn't that it felt scary it was the absence of good yeah right yeah 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 I know exactly what you mean and it's a really weird feeling it's unsettling it's really weird it really we went, is um yeah. We haven't posted it yet, but we did a listener story at um, a cafe in Colchester and they let us go into the the, the um, basement below, which is part of the old Roman wall. And it was really cool. It was like in proper, like, creepy cellar, you know, from a, from a film. And, yeah, there was a weird feeling down there. And I didn't say anything at the time because I thought, oh, I'm just going to sound like I'm doing it for the podcast, you know, just like, egging it up a bit but no there was definitely and again it was that feeling Mm. it wasn't bad it was just the absence of good like a like like a cold greenhouse that's how i was trying to describe it it's like something's not right the air's different and And when we came back up again uneasiness as well isn't there yeah yeah and it, it i mean i i didn't see it going down so it didn't affect my opinion but when i came back up we noticed that carved into the steps was a squash sticker and quite nasty things written. Yeah. God. Yeah. So 
which isn't nice. I'm not saying anything happened there to do with that, but well, whoever, whoever feels that's good to put there has been a nasty presence in the place. Well, I was yeah, going to say, absolutely. it's left that presence behind it. And by carving that symbol into it, you know, because that, that's got different connotations for different things, because mm-hmm. it is a religious symbol as such, the mm-hmm. swastika. It is, yes. It'd been not taken... what was written next to it, though. No, I'm not going to say. Then they, They've actually turned it into yeah, what it was sad. intended for when the Germans used it. So, yeah. yeah. And, and we, we found out as well that, well, it was the red light district of Colchester in the medieval period, and um, there was a medium there once who picked up on women being held there but not of their two, you know, I, I doubt many people in that time would have chosen that profession, but these were particularly yeah. kept there and, you know, in not nice conditions. So yeah. it was that again, it's not, it's, it's very hard to describe, but once you've felt it, it's, as you say, it's like, yeah, I don't know, like eating something, then you can taste it again. It's mm-hmm. very, you're attuned to it then maybe. Mm. Yeah. And events like that happening in in that space, then often it leaves that feeling behind as well. So if they had been down there and held against their will, then you know it's going it's going to leave that atmosphere behind, which is like you're saying, it, well, it doesn't feel so good, is because these events have happened there and they've left an element of it behind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Should I carry? I'll carry on with what Shifra said. She really enjoyed this episode, by the way. Okay. <laughs> she was rushing out the door, getting ready, but she was late because she was so interested and I think she still had a ley line book in her hand as she was going out the door oh bless her so she would have been here tonight mm. if she hadn't been going out Aww. um so it's difficult with outside investigations as you have so little control of what's going on around you snapping of twigs things dropping etc can probably be easily explained that being said the interactions nigel and juliet had with their devices can't seem to be easily explained and they were very unusual I believe Nigel said that he'd had one of the instruments for several years and it had never reacted in that way before. Very interesting. And she's put in brackets, I say very interesting a lot. Um, (laughs) I was interested to hear Juliet picking up on a possible name. The only thing to do now is try it out. She won't be, (laughs) she says. Okay, yeah. Um, There was 100% something there. I'm not sure who, what or why. The area has been visited by people for many, many years could people have summoned something not specifically related to the church? Which I thought was quite interesting because you said there were things there, perhaps kids that's have been dabbling. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think's happened, yeah. And then something saw, they didn't, you know, they were mucking about maybe and then something saw an easy way in. Oh, there's a nice bit of power over there. Oh, they've opened the door. Yeah. Yeah. That That's what I think's happened there. I'll be interested to know what the... If there's any, I mean, I've been looking because I'm writing a book on um, subterranean folklore. I'm looking a lot of how quartz deposits mm-hmm. can affect uh, ha- the higher number of sightings take place over yeah. quartz deposits, especially in America and like the Appalachian Mountains and America's mm-hmm. forest just freaked me out. Just I'm watching a program at the moment and it's like yeah, I'm not going there. Yeah, these woods it's, are haunted. You were saying about that earlier on. I mean, yeah. some of it's amazing. I've been mystery spots in um california and they're oh. fascinating really oh there's awesome. so many there's that vortex isn't there in oregon that yeah that, that like the up is down and it's just it's, it's bizarre and and it's even like water um you know when it when it sort of spins around and goes down sort of the gurgle i call it the gurgle <laughs> the gurgle it goes around the other way doesn't it it goes the other way and i've actually seen that and the trees have all grown up in in a strange way and 
you won't hear birds singing. There's the birds no, won't go. Like any object will roll back. It's like the fairy roads yeah. in the Isle of Man and Ireland. You know that, that things will roll back up the hill. Yeah, yeah. It's just fascinating, but it's. I think it's all to do. It's it's all explainable. It's all to do with the Earth's mm. core and the magnetism, isn't it? Mm. And I mean, I did. I also visited the Native American um, vortexes in Sedona, <gasps> and 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 stood in some of the. But I I didn't pick anything up. I I stood there hoping to and thinking, wow, you know, because they they keep a lot of them hidden, um, mm. you know, because it's very important to them. But there's one that they, uh, you know, open up to the tourists, and you know, I, I kind of stood in there hoping you know being spiritual to be able to pick up on the energy but i didn't get anything i was gutted absolutely gutted but i love all this stuff and i mm. i get a calling to go to glastonbury every so often and go to the oh, top oh i've of the always wanted to go i i i will sit there and recharge and i have to do it sort of every 3 to 4 years or so um just to recharge it, it's almost like i i just recharge up there is is the way i describe it and you know, I've had photographs taken coming down, and you can actually almost see an energy around me, a glow. It's like ready. I eddy what your aura ready looks like before you go up and after you come down. It's it's just okay. golden. It really is. That's interesting, isn't it? It is. You know, I, I do say your aura is golden. I pick. I the first time we had that um, was it uncanny? When did we yeah, first meet? It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite like oh whoa, gold. <laughs> <laughs> Blimey. Nigel has yeah, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I no, do, you, I just can't see yours, Nigel, that's all. <laughs> we need we need to know what yours it's is. It's okay. I probably haven't got I one. I can't see them. I'm starting to be able to see them around plants and trees, but I can't no. see them around people yet. I only see it around a handful. Just and myself sometimes, but no. I'd mm. love to see them around people, but I can't love to. Not yet. They say it will come in time, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Have to wait and see. Mm. Well, that place mm. does sound amazing. I mean, monks dabbled too. I mean, I didn't look into it, but Elsa did because we did Naughty Monks. That is a <laughs> fabulous podcast. I listened to that. <laughs> really interesting. Oh, God, yeah. they were up to no good. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, we're not that far away from you here in Essex. You know, there's only Suffolk separating us. Yeah, yeah, I know. Not far like, at all. I mean, in Wales, even they—they they were involved with smugglers. They, you know, they—they they had their hands in a lot of pies. Oh, and then gosh. when the monasteries were dissolution, they just were like, "Oh, can't go home. Can't do this. Oh, we were studying the occult. Oh, we'll just we'll pick that up." A lot of them did, apparently. I didn't know that. Elsa uncovered that. Yeah. Because they were studying it to sort of like you know, be God's warrior against it. So then when they were just dropped out of the monastery, that's all they knew. Gosh. Yeah. So who knows around that area? Maybe they, they're not protect, yeah. they're protecting something for themselves. Yeah. Sid Moore could make a really good story out of this. Have you heard of Sid Moore? She wrote some really cool books on like the witchcraft trials around here, but fictions, but based on real... Oh really? Right, nice. Okay, I'm like not real stories. Yeah. I'm going to tell her about this. Yeah. <laughs> we better look for them. I know. I, I was going to say. I love a good book. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> sounds really interesting. Oh, that whole area just sounds. Next time you go, and if I'm available, can I come? 
Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's an open-ended open invitation there, Mrs. You're more than welcome. Oh, yeah. We'd love to see I you. I have a really nice you. night vision camera I want to try. I wonder where you got that from. I wonder where I got that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was from these guys, listeners. They're very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and as I mentioned, Shifra, just if, um, obviously, I love... Nigel and Juliet stuff and if you want to hear about Norfolk as well from a folklore point of view then um, Shifa and Stacia do Weird Norfolk Very good yeah they mm. have their own podcasts and they have um, little bits in the Eastern Daily Press and Evening News as well so mm. and they do and Laura of the Land yeah. which looks at Britain so. yeah. yeah they are very very good so I pick up a lot of stuff from them and then we sort of mm. continue and roll the stories out I mean this one here is the one I've sort of looked at their stories in the Evening News and gone back and thought yeah Okay, we can tell that. So, yeah, that's good. It was through then we started ours because I said, Are you ever going to do any Essex stories? And I said, No. Why don't you do one? Okay. <laughs> we did. It's a way to do it. Isn't Why it? not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat with us it's and been running lovely. through bits and pieces. Lovely. And thank you for chatting to, I can't never pronounce her name properly, Siofra. Shifra. Shifra. Chat to Shifa for as well and getting her opinions too. It's really nice to sort of listen to somebody else. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. sort of think, okay, we're not as mad as we think we are. We did actually sort of no. experience all these weird things, but it's just. And I watch loads of paranormal shows and I, you know, you, you can explain a lot of it and it's good fun, but I couldn't. There was things that happened to you guys that was just a bit. It was. Yeah. And we, we try, we try and explain things where we can. Because that's what I like. You were really like healthily skeptical about a lot of things. Yeah. But... Yeah. Because most of the time there is a logical explanation, but on this occasion we couldn't find yeah, one. Yeah, we'll always offer an alternative, but sometimes there just isn't one. Yeah. yeah. And for the bombs, definitely not. No, bizarre. No. My two-year-old's up. I've got to go. Oh, bless okay. you. Thank you very much, Bethan. Thank you, Bethan. I will see you soon. Okay, yeah. take care. Look after yourself. Yeah, hope we see you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. That's it. Something a little different. Are we done? We are indeed. Well, I hope you enjoyed it, guys. Yeah, I really hope you do. And thank you so much for uh, participating and giving us some questions to answer. And thanks again to Bethan for actually coming on and helping us out and, and chatting through the investigation. Fab. It was fab. Lovely yeah. to talk to Beth. Lovely person. Really nice. Thank you so much. So next time, I think we're going to go back to possibly telling some stories. Hey, why not? I've got some There's lined up. There's so many stories to tell. We have some caucus to tell. Oh, we do indeed. Yeah. Watch this space, guys. Slightly gory. Mm. One thing I just want to ask before we disappear, for those of you that like to listen to us on our podcasts or go and watch us on YouTube, could I possibly please just ask you to follow us on podcasts and if there's a chance to give us a rating or make a comment... Could you please do that as well? Because it's very important to us to get some feedback and it also makes it uh, easier for our podcast to be picked up by other people. And if you enjoy what we're doing on YouTube, could you please like the videos on there and subscribe to us as well? If we can get ourselves up to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, we can actually go on and do live performances on that as well, which is something else we'd like to add to our arsenal of yeah, weirdness. something else to terrify you with, exactly. eh? Exactly. Our two moon faces on screen. <laughs> How about that, eh? We don't look so bad. Oh, that's just worth a like, isn't it? It eh? certainly is. Go so for go it. on, just go on and subscribe. Yeah, get us up go to 1,000. Go on, you know you want to. Go on, do it. Do it now. <laughs> anyway, 
it's time for us to go. It really is. It's past my bedtime, you it's know. It's well past bedtime. I know, right? I need my beauty sleep. It's been a very late night. <laughs> and I've got to drive all the way home yet. Oh, bless you. And it's dark. I know. <gasps> and it's scary. Haunted Norfolk, driving in the dark uh, night. There's bingling, jingling bells in the background from oh, Izzy that's Cat as my, well. That's the paranormal cat, Izzy. Has to make an appearance. She does indeed. But it's time for us now to disappear. So thank you very much for listening and it's a good night from me. And it's a good night from me. Take care, lovely folk. Good night.